This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links. And a special thanks to those who donate to the show directly through our PayPal link over on the website. Hi, this is Brian R. James, the better James brother, and you're listening to The Tome. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interviews show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner. In this episode number 249, I'm flying off without Tracy to talk about some D&D accessories that we either haven't had a chance to talk about yet or just recently came across. We are going to talk about the official D&D DM screen, we're going to talk about the how WizKids is doing with miniatures, and we're going to talk about a digital character sheet called Sheet Yourself. While I am here without Tracy, I do have two fantastic guests. I want to introduce you to Allison Rossi. Hi there. As well as Jonathan Green from Across the Pond. Hey, how are y'all? Now we'll confuse people because you're across the pond, but you don't have an accent. Yeah, I just I figured I should throw in the y'all. Just give a little bit of accent <laughs> in. Just really, yeah. Uh, Where are you originally uh, from? I know it's not Scotland, right? <laughs> originally Texas. Oh, Texas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is not a Scottish accent. No, my Scottish accent is horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> so I... It would insult the Scots if they, if, who listen to this if they heard me try. After okay. two years, I should be much better at it. Well, we don't want to insult both of them. <laughs> Very good. All right, so let's just uh, dive right into it. We're going to talk about the DM screen, uh, WizKids doing D&D minis, and Sheet Yourself. Does anybody have a request on what we do first? Uh, no. Jonathan, any requests? Anything you're um, itching to get to? No, man, whatever, uh, whatever order you feel best, like, All you right. feel best going with. Let's talk about the DM screen because I got it sitting here in front of me and then I can move it out of the way. All right, sounds good. So Wizards of the Coast put out the official um, DM screen for 5th edition D&D or the 5th edition of D&D. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I guess I can start here. So I definitely think that the official one is much, much nicer than the Gale Force 9 version. Mm. Um, one of my players brought it in uh, shortly after it came out, and I tried it out. Uh, it's not very nice. Definitely a lot flimsier. Not as The Gale Force 9 version is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's definitely flimsier, and it's not as nice. Um, I definitely prefer the one from Wizards of the Coast. It's much sturdier. Um, I'm not very tall, and I generally stand while I DM. Uh, before, I was using folders that I taped together, mm. and it was really hard to reach over it, so the... the the one from Wizards is much nicer because I can actually reach over it without <laughs> knocking everything over. Um, so that's one thing that I like. Um, I also like that it just looks like there was a lot more effort put into it. It looks a lot nicer. It flows better. Um, it's just designed better versus slapping random photos on it. Um, 
I also really like the front art of it. I think it's really beautiful art. And I like the fact that there's quite a few females featured in it. Besides the fact that there's like a rogue in the front. That's a little strange. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I w- I rogue, would, take I would the brunt argue, of the hit. <laughs> I think I would argue that of the, what, one, two, three, four, five, six PCs featured, uh, at least, no, I'm sorry, five PCs featured, four of them are female. And none yeah. of and none of them are scantily clad, and I approve. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that was one of those yeah. things that uh, that I'm, I assumed Tracy was going to bring up, and I had, had a note to make sure I brought it up. It was just this: it, it, it's art, it's beautiful, it looks great, and it was just that kind of the same thing when you know when you're reading the original like player's handbook for fifth edition. You after a while you just go, oh, this is like everyone's represented here. It's just mm-hmm. this nice kind of like, oh, it's nice. I mean, it's. Uh, just a good afterthought on just a really gorgeous art piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I noticed, uh, and, and it's not you know in your face, right? You, unless you're look specifically looking for it, you may not even notice that that four of the five are, are female. Exactly. Um, and and I think that's that's ideal. Um, I noticed that they specifically stick to like sort of some core um, character concepts, right? You got your elven magic user. You've got. Uh, a rogue. You've got the some sort of archer. You've got I don't, I don't know what's the dwarf a cleric maybe. With yeah, the, I think so. Probably. And then the, I'm guessing the 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 one male with the axe in the back is the barbarian. Now, uh, yeah, why the rogue is in the front and the and the barbarians in the back? I'm not sure. I mean, I would imagine you can't really be that surprised by a giant dragon when you're at their treasure <laughs> hoard. But you know what? Sometimes rogues just do silly things because they're rogues. And, you know, maybe they were trying to pass without trace and didn't quite pass that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it's an homage to, to Bilbo, right? He's the one who encountered the dragon in The Hobbit. Perhaps, yeah. So, <laughs> kind of dressed like Bilbo. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, I noticed that they they shied away from some of the more I don't know fringe or exotic uh, races and classes. Right? There's no warlocks. There's no tieflings. There's no dragonborn. You know things that that. There's might, no drizzt. <laughs> there's no drizzt, right? But and they don't like. It, it feels like they're appealing to um, a more traditional D and D background, um, but at the same time embracing the fact that it's 2015 and you know. Times are changing. Times times have changed. So. So yeah, yeah. The, the the cover art on the on the outside it looks good. I think we all approve. Yeah. On the inside, though, I definitely think there are some things that could be changed with it, especially as a DM using it. Um, I think that there's a little bit too much space dedicated to the conditions. Like it takes a large chunk of the screen, um, and they use the same photos that they have in the player's handbook. So I was a little put off by that. It is nice uh, for reference, but I feel like they could have put it in just a small table and use that space for other tables. I mean, if you compare it to just the 4E screen, which has, you know, obviously 4E is more rules heavy. Mm. Um, therefore, you're going to need more references on, on DM screen. But I feel like there was a lot of room where they could have done fun tables uh, to put on it, even stuff taken from the DMG to put on there. And, and I think um, and I think that's really sort of the interesting thing to, to talk about with this screen. Uh, I feel like I've been playing since second edition and I've used DM screens from every edition, I think. Um, and I think this one probably is the, the least densely packed with stuff um, on, on the DM side, right? Uh, there's fewer tables and, and, and even then, a lot of the tables that are there are not crunchy tables, right? The entire left-hand panel is just um, random NPC 
um, things, you know, different char- characteristics, ideals, bonds, what is it, flaws, and, and, a, and a random name generator, right? Um, the far, what is it, right-hand side has a whole section uh, that's just sort of random stuff that can happen, right? You're stuck as a DM, and, and something happens. I don't know, roll a d20, that thing. That thing happens. Make, let's make it work and roll with it, right? Um, and I, and I'm, that's, I kind of want to talk about that, right? There was a lot less um, crunch and reference material in terms of that stuff inside of this, this screen. Uh, and is that good? Is that bad? What do we think? When I looked at the uh, kind of when I looked at the screen as a whole, it it was almost divided into those you know three pillars. I think they talked about D and D. You know the mm. in, interaction, condition, or combat and exploration. So in the far left, you got you know you got the 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 interaction bit, the NPCs, and um, I mean I, I like that a lot of it seemed to be driven at you're a DM, you don't know what's going on, and you've got some NPC that they just walked into. What do you do? I, for me, I know as, as a DM, that's kind of stuff that I struggle with making up on the spot. Um, you know, there's all those recommendations like, oh, have a you know have a, have a list of random names that you can just pull out of a hat. And I like that they've got uh, they've got some they've got a nice little generator. If you just don't know what an NPC is there for, why, why they're doing what they're doing, I like they've got that little interaction bit. Um, and the same thing with the far right. Uh, I mean, I don't use a lot of the you know I, I don't really need to know all the details on travel or the rules on light and obscurity but i like the idea that if you're they're doing a lot of you know exploring a dungeon checking things out traveling from point a to point b here's where i can go and reference my you know my, my dcs my how long it takes for them to get places um you know just i need something to happen mm-hmm. uh the conditions bit yeah it's like it's it's good information i want that there but for it to take up what, what is it one and a half out of four panels on something that could have been you know, maybe half a panel if you just condensed it down a little bit. That really frustrates me, and I feel like they could have put in a lot of more useful combat rules in there, like even things like um, like the different actions that you can do on your turn. Or that would be amazingly those, helpful. Yeah, just the 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 cheat sheet of things you can do with a, a was a standard move and bonus actions, those kinds of things. Reactions. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a nice little thing, and they they had the room for it, and I. Just I don't know why they spent so much time. Mm. With, I, I mean, they're nice pictures. I like looking at the pictures on I, the condition table. I was shocked when I opened it up because normally there is no art on the DM side of, of a screen. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a nice touch to have the art on this side, but I feel like that's just a lot of real estate that could have been used for mm. things that would be more helpful for the DM. Like the pictures on the front, and normally as the DM, you've got all the books or a tablet or whatever it may be behind your screen. So you're seeing plenty of pictures, and you're seeing you're drawing all the maps, etc. So, I don't know. I just, I definitely feel like there could have been more tables that would be useful for the DM side. Yeah, I mean, other, and I, and I don't necessarily disagree. Um, although, I think I'm happy with it, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, you talked about Jonathan wanting more of the the, the actions that are available at the different um, for the different kind of actions you can take, uh, and I and that's one of those things where I feel like yeah that's really useful for the first six months I'm playing and and then we pretty much got it down like when we're learning the game it's nice to have that easy reference but once we know the game like we don't need to look that up anymore. Um, is th- is there anything else that you think it could have used? And, and either one of you, I mean, you, you both say that they're using a lot of real estate on, on things they didn't need to use real estate on. So what are they missing uh, other than the actions? So I mean, they're, I feel like they're kind of starting off on the right path. A lot of the, um, you know, something happens, random things for NPCs. 
Um, like when I flip through the DMG, there are so many tables in that book, and um, and I, f- I was just surprised that they didn't really take advantage of a lot more of those. Okay. Um, even things like um, like the stuff for generating a new magic item. I, that's probably the t- the table that I use in my DMG more than any other ones. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's got here's the random trait, here's the random history, those kind of things. Like the stuff that's very useful for you need to generate something on the fly. Here you go. Um, like I don't do a lot of you know random dungeons and things like that, but even some of the things about um, you know what what you find whenever you you know whenever you're adventuring and you're looking in this kind of place. So you're saying if you condense the combat section down more, you could get more of the interaction and and uh, exploration stuff. Yeah, the stuff that all the kind of stuff that doesn't come up you know in your normal DM prep and that you usually find yourself making up on the fly. That's the insp- that's what the inspiration stuff. Yeah. Okay. Allison, did you have any thoughts on, on what it is that you wish it had more of? I definitely wish it had more information about, I guess, just spell casting in general. Um, so whether it be the different kinds of spell casting, which spells are gained during a short rest, um, you know, spell casting from a wand or or just just more about spells, because that's the one thing I feel like I, I reference the most. Like, okay, well, this one's coming from a wand, or or this one's being cast by a cleric or a druid or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, sometimes my players forget which ones they get back on a short rest, and sometimes I just don't remember. You know, we're all adults, we all have jobs, so it's mm-hmm. like, I can only remember so much about so many things without having to flip through the DMG and try and find it. And we all know that the, the table of contents, uh, or the index, I'm sorry, is not the uh, the best go to a section, see another section, then see another section. So mm-hmm. it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and I understand and I knew that was going to be sort of the uh, topic of conversation on this DM screen. Uh, that said, I got to say, I actually kind of really like that, that they have less. I feel like less is more for me. Uh, and I think I say that because I think back at my experience going back, you know, several other editions, back to second edition. And... Every DM screen was always packed so full of tar- charts and tables and things that I never used them. Like, I could never find the one I wa- needed to find quickly when I needed to find it because there was just too much to sort through. Uh, and so I never used any of the tables or charts for hardly at all uh, in any other DM screen that I've used. Um, this one, I feel like having less on it makes what's there much more useful. Like the conditions, that's something that comes up and we need to look up every time it does. I, I like having that there. And the rest of it is, uh, travel stuff is always sort of, oh, I wonder about that. I don't even know where to look in the books. Okay, well, we don't need to, it's here. Uh, and then the rest of it's like inspiration stuff. And I love the fact that this edition has in so many different products sort of embraced this inspiration and this this emphasis on story. And I think that those other panels do that really well. So. I really, really like this DM screen. Uh, I have, I understand the the balance of trying to find, putting in enough without without you know um, without putting in so much that it becomes useless. Uh, and so I get that that's, that is the balance that they tried to find. But I think I like where they're at now. And, and you know, give me six months or a year of using it, and maybe I'll change my mind. But that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from. In general, though, I do definitely love this DM screen. I think it has a lot more positives than it does negatives, and I I definitely enjoy looking at the art every time I open it and you know put it out on Wednesday nights when I DM. And if uh, and if your choice is between this or between the uh, the Gale Force Nine one that came out for the Tyranny of Dragons, that, that's not even a competition. This one, hands down. <laughs> yeah, we can just forget about that other one. <laughs> 
Very good. All right, any other thoughts on the DM screen, or shall we move on to our next topic of conversation? None for me. Uh, no, nothing else from my side. All right, let's talk about minis then. Uh, so it's been a long time now that um, Wizards of the Coast announced a, a partnership with WizKids to start making D&D minis, which... Um, many hailed as a welcome return of pre-painted plastic miniatures for D&D, um, I, myself being one of them at least. Uh, and I've bought quite a few at this point, and I, but we've never really talked about what the new minis are like. There's been two sets now that have come out, one for Tyranny of Dragons and then the new set that is for um, what, Princes of the Apocalypse um, has, also has a set of minis. And I, what are, what's your guys' experiences with the new minis? Uh, for me, I've got a couple of different packs of the uh, the Elemental Evil ones, and then I've also got uh, some of the minis that I guess were intended to be packaged as part of the D and D Attack Wing game. Oh, right, right. But I mean, they're they're effectively the same sculpts as uh, as you see everywhere else. So I've got some of those as well. Okay. So uh, a decent smattering of them mixed in with all the other minis from across the years. And Allison, I understand you're not a big mini person, but you you see them a lot at the table. Oh, no, no. I am a big mini oh. person. I would totally have a ton of minis if I could afford them. I see. That's my problem. I am still very recently out of college, so I'm not quite at that point where I can use my disposable income for minis. I tend to spend it on craft beer instead, so uh, soon, though, eventually I will be getting them, um, just not at this time. Mm-hmm. But I do like to see them. Very good. And you have seen them, so, so what, do we, what do we think? Uh, do the, the sculpts and the paint jobs uh, match up? How do they match up to what Watsy did before? Um, how do they match up to any other minis that you see out there? What, what's the thoughts? Um, so compared to uh, some, of the, some of the older mini- minis, um, I think the colors on these are much more vivid. Um, a lot of the older minis, I feel like that, that Watsy did, were very kind of, um, they were very dirty, they were very muted. I mean, there are exceptions, but uh, mm-hmm. when I compare them to, uh, to these newer ones... Mm-hmm. These newer ones definitely pop a lot more. Um, even though it's made by the same company, they're not quite as, um, I guess, cartoony as the minis they do for Pathfinder. Mm, I noticed that. So too. I feel like it's it's a nice balance between some of the very serious, dark, you know, kind of older minis and the very, you know, cartoony stylized Pathfinder one. I I like kind of the balance in the middle. The more I use these new minis, the more I uh, I really enjoy them. And. Uh, I enjoy that they've um, like they're very like all the uh, all the flying minis are very much like they're on they're all little stands. It makes it a bit of a pain to store, but uh, but they look really nice at the table whenever you set down a dragon and it's on this, you know, and it's sitting there and it's you know flying above the party. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that because that's sort of the big innovation that WizKids brought to the table, and probably because of the Attack Wing game. Uh, because that involves flying dragons attacking each other, right? So, so having the flying mini with the little stand thing, it basically there's a, a clear plastic column that comes up out of the, the mini base, and then there's a hole um, at the bottom of the, the mini, and it sort of sticks on there a specific direction because there's like a notch, so it has to go in a certain way. Um, have you had, and, you've, and it sounds like you've had pretty good luck with that. Uh, well, it's, it's weird because all the, uh, all the ones that I've got flying minis for... My party, we're going through the Tyranny of Dragons campaign, so I've got, you know, the flying ones for red dragons and blue dragons and silver dragons, and we haven't quite hit those yet. No. So in theory, I'm going to be hitting, you know, any day now, I'm going to be pulling those out, (laughs) but at the table, I haven't gotten to use them yet. Okay. Not soon enough. (laughs) Allison, have you seen them in use? The flying minis, have you seen them in use? 
Um, not at my own table, unfortunately. Um, one of my players has a, a green dragon one that he brought that we kind of use as a stand-in for dragons. But the ones that I have seen um, that one of my other DMs has purchased are quite nice looking. Like I just their their expressions and their postures are really fantastic. I love the way they look. They look, you know, even for a miniature, they look quite intimidating. Um, so I really like to see them out. Um, I also am liking that th it seems like they're relatively easy to to paint over. Um, I've seen some some do-it-yourself type things posted on Reddit or wherever else on the internet where people are kind of taking these minis and adding their own paint to them to make mm -hmm. them look mm -hmm. more fierce or whatever it may be, give them more depth. Uh, and, and that's nice that you can do that. It's not going to just like rub off or whatever it may be. They, they, they look really great so far. That's good to know. Personally, I'm buying these minis because I don't want to pick up a new hobby of painting. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the paint can be very, very expensive. Yeah. That's why I'm like, well, that's great that it doesn't just rub off. Like if people people want to add their own additions to it they already have the paints they can mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's good but that's good to know i've had i've had some issues with some of the flying minis wherein um sometimes they don't sit nicely on the the, the stand uh and so i've got a few minis like a, a pegasus or whatever that you you no matter how hard or how much you fidget with it you can set it on there but the slightest little tap it's going to fall off that stand um, I'm half tempted to, to super glue all of the minis, you know, onto the, the stand so that they're stuck there and they're not going anywhere. Um, but then there's the storage issue, right? They take up more space that way. So Yeah, that'll, that'll make it a little bit difficult. So, yeah, I got to figure out uh, how to make that happen or how to work that. Maybe just throw a little uh, sticky tack up in, the, in there or something. Yeah, something to make maybe the hole a little bit harder, I guess, to mm -hmm. fall off or something. But yeah, there's. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. There's uh, there's almost two there's two ends to the little plastic, uh, clear plastic base. One of them has a kind of a diamond shaped hole, but then the other one is just kind of like this. It's just a circle with a little notch cut out of the side, and that's the part that goes into the mini. And that end, I really have trouble actually getting to go in there and stay in, and I feel like I'm about to break something yeah. whenever I attach it. And, and, it, it's al like and, it, and it almost wouldn't be a big deal, except that I I think every single box of minis I've gotten since WizKids started doing it had a flying mini in it. Like, that's clearly the thing they want to show off because it's in everything. <laughs> um, you know, I even got, um, you know, and, and, and the, the box has been good. Like, there's, you're, you're supposed to get at least one of the decent minis or whatever in, in each box. And there's been, uh, I probably have three or four dragons out of this set now because I've had a couple times now where, I, uh, probably four or five, uh, I guess, because I've had a couple times now where I've opened up the box and there were two dragons inside, you know, and that was awesome. Huh. And then two others, you know, because it comes with four minis regardless. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts on minis then? We're just flying through. Yeah. The only other thought that I have is the Earth Elemental from this, from this last set Oh man, that thing looks dumb. Like it, oh yeah, I haven't seen I it. I love all the elementals, but that one you're just like, oh, that's, uh, yeah. What about the uh, the the fire one? The, the, it looks like a fire bat. I can't remember what it actually yeah, is, I, but I'm, it just I've looks kind of hilarious. It's I I don't know. It's, it's like a fire like... boomerang, and I, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, it looks like the just the. The opacity of it, it's kind of translucent, looks cool, but at the same time, I just can't get, like, fire boomerang out of my head every time I see it. <laughs> Thank you for running that mini for me forever. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize, but not really. 
And Jonathan, you said you got some of the attack wing minis. They're basically the same. You said. Uh, yeah, the bases are a little bit different, but it's it's effectively the uh, the exact same minis, um, same sculpts and everything. The um, the paint jobs are a little bit different, um, and they're significantly more expensive. Like the the amount extra that you have to pay for, I mean, what's effectively a couple pieces of cardboard and plastic, <laughs> like that that jumps the price pretty high. And this is where the extra games that come that that they've always sort of done with the minis never really flies for me. <laughs> yeah. Like the initial I think attack wing set that comes with um a copper dragon, um a blue dragon and a red dragon. That one that's worth it cuz that's three really nice sculpts mm. for um I think 30 bucks and they're all fairly large dragons and you can get it on sale uh on Amazon especially if you go through the Tome store. There you but go. um I don't know, some of the other ones where it's like, oh, pay, you know, $20 for just some hobgoblins or for like one miniature. It's yeah. like the price is set towards the power of the of the piece in the game rather than what I really think the, the, the mini itself is worth. Sure. I think that's and, – and this is not a review of the Attack Wing game, but have you actually used it to play Attack Wing? Uh, no, no, okay. I keep on needing to mix it up with, uh, like, the Star Wars Attack Wing game just so I can, you know, fulfill my six-year-old fantasy. Drag win, dragons versus X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, what worlds collide. How, yeah. many, how many TIE fighters does it take to take on an Ancient Red? <laughs> <laughs> I can finally that was, answer that question. Answer. Very cool, very cool. All right, well, I think that's our conversation of the minis then. Uh, we consider We can consider that reviewed. Um, and so it's time to talk. I'm distracted now because I'm looking at the pictures online of the Earth Elemental. It's like this weird porcu- porcupine thing, right? It's got the, like it's this, got the, the spikes coming out of the top and whatever. Yeah, and just a little frown. You just kind of have the feeling that the only sound this thing makes is just this. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's not what my Earth Elemental sound like, so it makes me sad. It does look like that. <laughs> And the fire bat does look like somebody threw a stick that's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fire boomerang, fire bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Okay, all right. All right, well, let's move on then. Uh, Sheet Yourself is... <laughs> Should we just let that hang out there? <laughs> Everybody go out and sheet yourself. <laughs> Please that's, don't, though. That's Sheet Yourself. Uh, Sheet Yourself is a character sheet application available on iOS as well as Android. Uh, I think the creator of it who contacted me um, at one point um, even said that there was a Kindle version, and I'm not sure how that works, but I'm not, I don't own those devices, so I haven't been able to check that out. Uh, but we have uh, myself on iOS. Tracy, who wasn't able to join us, um, also had an iOS version. Uh, Jonathan and Allison are both on uh, Android versions, right? Android Master Race, yeah. There you go. Uh, and Allison, you've used it on both tablet and on um, your phone. That is correct. Okay. Uh, it is worth noting that the uh, iOS version, as I understand it, has been updated significantly more recently. Uh, and and has had more work put into it, and I think that's um, 
that's worth noting, and that's worth uh, us looking at and seeing, okay, so how did it work and, and what are the differences? I believe I spent um, some time digging through this and using it and playing with it and, and preparing for this review, and then uh, literally like last night there was an update to it. <laughs> so uh, I've been able to check it out a little bit since the update, but uh, not as extensively, so I don't know um, if things have significantly changed in, in different areas, but I haven't seen any major changes at this point. I think it was mostly just bug fixes. So... Uh, so who wants to describe Sheet Yourself to us? Uh, I guess I can kind of give a, a too long didn't read of it. Um, so it seems like it's it's very useful for DMs on the go or DMs who kind of try and integrate technology with their games. Um, at least for the Android version, there's different kind of sheets that you can make. So you can do one for um, abilities, armor, characters, consumables, inventory, and weapons. So you can essentially make a sheet. Um, so you can add regular D&D 5e stuff, or you can use it for other other gaming uh, systems. So you can create your own. I believe there's also like, um, there's some pre-made ones that you can come, that comes with the app. Uh, you can share them with with other people, it seems. There's a, there's a there's a cloud sharing feature. I don't know yeah. if the cloud sharing feature is available on Android or not, but there's a cloud sharing feature and an email sharing feature. Yeah, so that's nice. Um, and it just seems like it, it could definitely be a very useful app, at least with some more work on Android from, from what I see. So obviously what I have is different than what's on, on iOS. So what did you say your sheets were? Um it has the ability to, like, the default sheets are for ability, armor, character, consumable, inventory, and weapon. Okay. So, obviously, you can, you know, make your own um, sheet for what you need it for, um, but those are kind of the base ones that, yeah. that come with it. Those are the different sheet categories I have as well, and then an, an additional one that, that's just custom, so you can, you know, a place to put your custom-made sheets. Yeah. So, very good. And, and so... It, it, and so you make – the idea is you make a different sheet for each of those. So you make a sheet for your different abilities. You make a sheet for your character. You make a sheet for your equipment. You make a sheet for all those different things and then you you link them all together, right? Exactly. Um, so, so I made a custom sheet that is uh, – because I, I, I looked at it primarily uh, from the PC side, right, from a player. Um, and so I made a character – sheet uh from for the character i'm currently playing i just took uh hit, took him down and he's a uh, fifth level druid cleric and and um took the the paper version and put it on on uh, what's here and so i made one that's custom and it's a it's a spell list where i have sort of the spell dc info and i list all my cantrips and and i and it it adds has features on it where you can add uh what is it what he calls it a toggle a stepper and a what was the other option Oh, I can't remember off the top I, of my head. There's I, quite I a bit of, of things you can do with it. Toggle, stepper, or dice um, are the three different things you can sort of add to any any various field. And so I used the toggle um, feature for my the different spells. So I could just sort of toggle it on to show I've memorized those and toggle it off if I don't have them memorized or whatever. Um, and then you could actually stat out each of those spells with with all the the details that you need uh, as an ability and link it to your your spell list sheet or link it to the character itself and then easily navigate from from the character sheet to the various equipment or spells or spell list or whatever is other sheets you sort of attach to it you don't have to create everything within one sheet it's all modular 
Which is definitely nice. I don't know if that's in the Android version, or if it it was, I didn't see it or find it. Yeah, I'm looking at it again, and I don't see this this toggle thing that you have, so that's probably just... Yeah, ours was last updated in 2014. I think I said June 2014. Um, So it's it's probably a bit of of a difference there. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the three options I have is, is Toggle, Stepper, and, and Stepper is, is an odd um, name for me, and I don't know what else to call it because I, it took me a while to figure out what that was. I had to play with it and, and use it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. But it's just a way of like inputting a number, and you can set here's the minimum, here's the maximum, and here's how many, you know, every time I hit plus or minus, here's how many it goes up or down, right? So I used it to, to set my hit points, and then I can just have a, an easy way of, of moving my hit points up or down. Um, you know, uh, my memorized spells, you know, so I could then just sort of say, okay, I've cast one minus one, you know, and just do that over and over. Um, so that's how I've used that. I found the dice, uh, feature, addable feature to be of limited use because, uh, okay, so I can add a D20 and it, ro- and it rolls a random number for me, but I've put, I've attached that dice feature, dice rolling feature onto my dexterity why can't I set it to default as a D20 plus whatever that modifier is? Like, it's just going to be a straight D20 roll, and then I have to go back and remember what the modifier was and add it, which isn't unreasonable, but at that point, why not just roll dice? Yeah, some, you some, not have a dice roller feature. Yeah, we don't have a dice roller, but, I mean, just to go off of that, it, you know, it definitely would be nice to be able to add modifications. Right. So what are your other thoughts before I talk about it more? Um, I suppose my main thoughts when I looked at it were that it could be pretty useful for DMs who are on the go and, you know, maybe you don't have a little notebook that you take notes in. Uh, maybe you just use Evernote or something on, on your phone. Um, it would be useful to, to kind of make them right there. You have the options. You can add a photo. You can add different things about it, um, different categories or attributes to it. Um, so that's nice. Uh, it does have a little tutorial video that kind of walks mm-hmm. you through how it works. So that was that was also nice because that, that was kind of the main way to that was the main way I figured out how to mm-hmm. even use it. Um, but I definitely think that at least for Android, what I can see there are changes that could be made. Um, maybe they're in the pipeline. Maybe not. Um, but it would be nice if, like, I, I didn't notice a login option. So if I wanted to look at it on my tablet or I wanted to then look at it on my phone, I don't think I can. It doesn't seem to be that you could just log in and see the same stuff. You'd have to share it. But what's the point of sharing it between your own advice, devices? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to be able to move, be able to move it back and forth between your phone and your tablet, um, I, we, can you link them? There's a backup feature. Was there? So, well, I don't know if I we have, have a backup feature. I have a backup feature. It's just a, it's just a little cloud icon, so I think it backs it up to iCloud anyway for the iOS version, and then you mm-hmm. can access it that way to your other devices. Um, so I think that feature is kind of there and, and could be more intuitive, I guess. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not sure. Like, I think it's functional, and, and ultimately I think the advantage of it is that it's completely customizable. Like, you could use this for absolutely any game. This is not a D&D digital character sheet. This is a character sheet that supports D&D and any other role-playing game you can think of, right? Anything you can – because you're entering all your own fields. You're entering all your own information, whatever. Um, that is its strength, and I feel like that's also its weakness. Um, it took me – three man hours to input a fifth level character that I could make on paper in 
a sixth in a couple of, minutes. In a, in a six <laughs> in a six of that time at most, you know. Yeah, the idea would probably take a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so it was I, I, it was really time consuming to put it together. I would agree. This it felt so generic that I, I can't see myself being able to to tolerate the amount of work it would take to put in all the all the necessary information. Well, and then every time you you level up and need to add a bunch of new stuff, I've got five different places I need to change to to do that, and I feel like it's just going to take me a long time. Yeah, that is that's definitely a very good point. It looks cool. It's perfectly customizable. I wish they had some sort of uh, a licensing deal with some of the big RPGs so that there were some some built-in sort of templates there, right? Here's the five here's a 5e character sheet with all of the the different stats and you just got to fill in your numbers. Yeah. Um that would save a lot of time, but but that's not what I have. The one thing though that I see which is uh, perhaps to their benefit by not being paired with anything and being kind of you put in what you want to put in is it's not violating any like OGL issues. You know, you put in what you want to put in. So it's like making stuff on index cards on a digital device. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's that's nice. It's not going to be taken down because they're violating some rules from wherever. Because all the rule stuff that's in there is stuff that you would put in as the player. Right exactly. or the or the user, um, you know. The, so they're not inputting any of that, um, you know. If, and if you want to retype, you know, the the spell description of sanctuary in order to have that on your card, then that is that is completely your prerogative to do so, you know. Exactly. But I'm not going to do that with all my spells. <laughs> yeah, that that might take a little bit. Yeah, to me, it, it felt like like yeah, making a character sheet out of sticky notes and just sticking sticky notes to themselves. Mm. It's like you've got you've got the main page and you can add a picture to everything, which is nice. Like either custom one or one that you've downloaded, but then everything has a category, which is just kind of a generic race or gender or you know your hit points or attributes. But then to make things really confusing, you can have a category called attributes, but then every category also has attributes, and that's the thing. So an attribute in the race category is dwarf, or the attributes in the attribute category are all your stats. Um, it, I mean, this is getting a little bit like super nerdy, even for a D and D podcast. But it feels a lot like, I guess, like object-oriented programming, where you've got these vague kind of like groups that are all the same, but can be plugged into five million different different ways. But they're all so generic because they can be applied to, to anything. It's it's a lot of work to get it useful. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of work. Well, I I, I I found the um, like the categories. I expected the at first the, the different cat- adding things in, under the different categories, right? I'm adding equipment, I'm adding or inventory, I'm adding whatever, right? I expected them to have some already sort of built-in attributes that I just needed to fill in. Um, but there's not. The only difference that I can see between adding a new character and adding a single you know inventory item is the default image that appears at the top and and I guess that keyword I think and I think that's that's in, intentional right because um I could see if you're using this a lot there would be searchability issues right just finding what you need to find so being able to navigate just to show me all of the character sheets great now I can find the one I need and then the specific equipment is linked right and there's some advantages there right uh if if I have five different characters but they all have a a plus one flaming longsword, um, I can just make the flaming longsword once and, and attach it to all, all the characters that have it, right? right. Um, which would be awesome if 
again, there was some sort of license with, with Wizards of the Coast and they could just say, okay, boom, here's all the stuff, right? Now just select, right? I, I feel like there's a ton of potential here, but right now it's just so much work to put together. Um, I, and, and, I, and I feel like at the table it would be fine, um, or at least as fine as my paper character sheet, but then every time I need to do an update, it's going to take me five times longer. I could see using this as a player. I could never see using this as a GM, ever. Like if you were trying to make all the uh, all the various monsters and NPCs, and even all the magic items in a game. Um, no, it's it's simply not worth yeah. the time. And, and I don't. Yeah, I'd the, probably rather fireball myself than. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't get the impression it was built for DMs either. I mean, I could see how a DM could use it. Like you said, I don't know why they would, uh, because I don't think it's built for that. Right? There's no like monster category of sheets or anything like that. Uh, it's it feels very intentional to me that it's intended to to replace a, a paper character sheet. Well, the one way I could see a DM using it is is kind of like I mentioned before. You know, you can make items on the go, and if someone else has the app, you can share a sheet with them. So mm-hmm. if you create a special magic item that you homebrew for your campaign, and your characters use sheet yourself, you could share it with them, and they I guess could put it on their character. Well, I assume mm-hmm. they could put it on their character sheet. So that's that's at least one thing. Mm. No, that's true. Although, I can write it on an index card and hand it to him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> some people, though, some people uh, don't the, want the to only, do it on index cards. Yeah, the only place where I could feel like um, this might be even more useful is if I was playing uh, 3-5 um, Pathfinder, because it's very similar, and maybe 4th, just because it takes so long to make, make characters anyway... Um, that it's not taking much longer than, than that to, to type the information in here um, than, you know, on paper. Uh, I remember spending hours and hours and hours making 3.5 characters. Um, so spending those hours and hours doing it here instead of, instead of on paper probably wouldn't make a huge difference. Uh, but for five, I'm very e- glad that making a character no longer takes hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but for but for fifth edition, given that you know I can make a character in five to thirty minutes, um, just fine. I think uh, I would rather do it on paper. I think there's a lot of value here. I mean, if you're if you're uh, somebody who's playing, uh, you know, you're playing a weekly game and you guys switch your you switch your game systems often, or you're uh, somebody who loses your character sheets a lot and whatever, this is a way to keep it keep it backed up so nothing ever gets lost. You've always got a copy. Uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, but for my use, um, I'm busy, right? I'm I'm taking courses and I'm, I have a full time job and I'm a father and I'm a podcaster and what you know <laughs> I don't have the hours to spend uh, keeping this kind of stuff up to date. So very true. Uh, if you're a if you're a very um, not even OCD type person, but if you're one of the person like I want to organize everything, everything has specific categories, specific place that goes here and I want it to fit 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 together nicely mm-hmm. and I don't believe in carrying paper this is a really good product yeah and I like that you can add an image for each one of them and customize the yeah. image and do all kinds of cool yeah. stuff so you know that that necklace of teeth that my my dwarven uh, druid cleric has I could actually find a google image of a necklace of teeth and actually put it in there and say this is what it looks like you know I think that some of that stuff is is super cool uh, I just think it's time consuming yeah, you know, definitely. And, and, and I and I and I don't and I can't blame blame the creator for not being able to offer all this stuff for a fifth edition D and D, right? Because 
uh, Watsy hasn't released the license, <laughs> so you know, yeah, like he can't he can't build stuff off of a license that doesn't exist. Yeah, and Trapdoor tried it, and obviously it didn't happen. So right. no one can do it without getting you know cease and desist, take it down. Yep. All right. Any other thoughts on Sheet Yourself? I Not mean, for me. the title's really fun to say. It is a fun <laughs> title. Aside from that, no. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's well designed. Um, I feel like it's it's everything it, it wants to be, um, but it's just not for the busy player who who needs uh, to do that stuff quickly. So, all right. Well, then we're gonna call that uh, the end of that review and the end of this episode. I want to thank uh, Jonathan. If people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they do so? Uh, the easiest way right now is uh, it's just on Twitter. Uh, John underscore M underscore Green. Uh, not like the author, John Green. I've had some people get very excited and then very disappointed. Because uh, I thought that was the author, John Green. So it's John but, uh, underscore what? Underscore M. M. M as in Mordenkainen? Yes. Yeah. And, and it's green and, just like the color. And it's John J-O-N. That's correct, yeah. All right, all right. Although I'm a big fan of the author, too, but, you know. I hear he's great. I think he's, it's on my nightstand. I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I've, uh, I enjoy his YouTube videos. I enjoy his books. So, But I also teach middle schoolers, which is right in his target audience. So I'm sort of in that world. Uh, and Allison, we want to thank you for coming on as well. Where should people go to, to find more Allison Rossi? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter mostly. Um, my Twitter handle is uh, Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R underscore 91. Um, you can also find me on Twitch. My group streams D&D 3.5e on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash padfoot240. Not padfoot420, like some people accidentally mess up. Uh, so yeah, check us out Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Padfoot 240. Padfoot 240. 240. All right. But you, you're lacking uh, prawn, and and what's the other one? Oh, it's 420 no scope. I don't know. It's, we're we're lacking all of that. We do silly things uh, in chat and whatnot. But uh, I'm making I'm actually... making the Harry Potter reference though. It's Padfoot prawn and and the other one. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't it, this is not my channel. It's uh, <laughs> it's our. Ra- it, well, I'm one of the Rangers, but our other Ranger. It's his channel. Uh, so he's like a super huge Harry Potter fan. Right. So, so that's his username. Um, but yeah, we actually just had uh, our 69th episode on 420, which we all thought was hilarious. So yeah, good combination. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I also want to thank our listeners for supporting us through our affiliate links over at thetomeshow.com. Uh, and for talking about us all over your social media of choice, spreading the gospel of the Tome Show, you guys rock. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact the Tome Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can call our biz line at 919-BIZ-TOME. That's 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. You can find show notes and other great Tome Show shows over at thetomeshow.com. And this has been episode 249, where we found our D&D accessories in this episode of... I'm on the wall.